This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal presents The Adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent gets his first clue to the whereabouts of Harry White. But as he sets out to track it down, the racketeers go a step further in their effort to kill the Daily Planet campaign to expose them. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, you're missing out on something the other kids are having a lot of fun with if you're not collecting that exciting new series of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Yes, sir, you're going to be out in the cold when the fellows and girls compare notes and tell how many different Pep comic buttons they've collected so far and swap their duplicates, too. And you wouldn't want to miss wearing these nifty-looking buttons on your jacket or your dress or cap because they really are nifty. No kidding. Bright-colored and flashy with the pictures of your funny paper favorites standing out clear and sharp as anything. Old friends like Toots and Casper and uh, Barney Google and Superman himself. Now, there are 18 new and different buttons in this series, so hot to it. Ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pets. That's the only way you can get these pep comic buttons, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but there's a comic button in every package of Kellogg's Pep. And there's a load of good eating in Kellogg's Pep, believe me. A super delicious dish for breakfast. Because these golden toasted whole wheat flakes are packed with catchy sunshine flavor. Crisp and fresh as can be. So ask Mom for Pep, gang. That's P-E-P. The sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Now the adventures of Superman. When threats and even an attempt to blow up the Daily Planet failed to stop editor Perry White from exposing a huge real estate racket, Rock Nielsen, ringleader of the racketeers, had White abducted. Then Nielsen phoned Clark Kent and warned that unless the planet stopped their racket-busting campaign, White would never be seen again. To prove that he was still alive, White was permitted to speak to Kent. And when he got on the phone, the fighting editor urged Kent to ignore the racketeer's threat. A second later, two pistol shots were heard, and the phone connection was broken. As we continue early the next morning, we find Kent and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen haggard and worried in the office of their absent chief at the Daily Planet. Listen. I'm afraid Mr. White's dead, Mr. Kent. No, no, no. I don't think so, Jim. But you heard Mr. White stop talking after the shots over the phone. Yes, but I still think he's alive because the racketeers grabbed him so they could use him as a hostage to make us stop our stories about them. They know that the moment they do away with him, their control over us is finished. Jeepers, I don't... But I can't understand why they haven't called me up again. Oh, why shouldn't they? They know we go to press in three hours and... 
We announced yesterday that we're running another big story on the housing racket today. Gosh, if only Sheriff Johnson had been able to trace that phone call last night. Yeah, if. Or if Inspector Henderson could just find a clue to those guys. Well, that's another if. But I know he's doing everything possible. After all, he only... Oh, no, I'll get it. No, no, let me take it. Okay, here. Hello? I'd like to speak to Clark Kent. It's important. Uh, one moment, please. This is our man, Jim. Do I get here? Yes, hop into the city room and see if you can get the operator to trace this call. Hurry up. Okay. Hello? Hello. Kent speaking. Sorry to keep you waiting. I was... Uh, you know who this is, don't you, Kent? Why, uh, let me see. Now, your voice is rather familiar, I but... I you last night. Then I let you speak to your friend, Barry White. Oh, now? oh, yes. After yes, the you... talking, you just listen. Now, look. Nothing's happened to White yet. You get me? But those shots, you mean... I said nothing happened to White yet. But plenty will happen to him if any more stories about you-know-what come out in the Daily Planet. You understand? Well, I think I understand, but... Okay, so you understand. Remember, one more story about us and White is finished. Now, wait a minute. How do I know you're telling the truth? I mean, that Mr. White is still alive. I'm telling you he is. That's no proof. You don't have to do. I said he's alive so far. But one more wrong story in the planet and he won't be. Well, wait a... Wait a minute. Hello. 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 No, he hung up. If only Jim was able to trace that call. Jim! Jim, listen. Just a minute, you... Mr. Kent. Come on, operator. How about Oh, he did, huh? Okay, thanks for trying. Bye. No luck, huh? No. First we had to find out what trunk line on our switchboard his call was on, and by that time he'd hung up. Uh-oh. Look, how about Mr. White? What did that guy say? Well, he said the chief was alive. He did? Mm-hmm, but he wouldn't let me talk to him. Why not? Said he wasn't taking any chances on the chief telling where he is. Sounds like a stall to me. That could be. I think it is. I think the reason he wouldn't let you talk to Mr. White is because... He... He can't talk anymore. Oh, no, no. Take it easy, Jim. Well, I'll admit that's a possibility, but... I don't know. I'm inclined to believe he's alive. Now I don't know what to do about the story. What story? The page one follow-up on the housing racket we plan to run today. This fellow who calls says if we run it, the chief is finished. He's finished anyhow, I'm sure. Oh. So let's run the story. We've got to get those racketeers. I don't know, Jim. We owe a duty to the public to save them from being swindled, but if the chief's life is at stake, I... Well, I don't know, Jim. This is one of the toughest decisions I've ever faced. Yeah, it sure is. I'll right. be on it, Kent. Listen. Go away, Beanie. We can't be bothered. And he didn't know about Mr. White, Jim. No. Go away, will you, please? Okay, Jim, okay. I just thought you'd like to know that some guy came in about the racket works. What? Huh? Now, I'll tell him to come back some other time. No, wait a minute, Beanie. Wait. Who is this man? I don't know. He says he thinks maybe he got gypped in the housing racket. Oh. Right in the Daily Planet where we asked people who got gypped to get in touch with us. So... Oh, tell him... Where is this man? I told him to wait in your office. But I'll send him away. Oh, no, you won't. I want to see him. Come on, Jim. <laughs> My name is Duncan, Mr. Kent. Art Duncan. Oh, glad to know you, Mr. Duncan. I'm Clark Kent. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Kent. And this is Jim Olson. How you do? So I understand it, Mr. Duncan. You came to see us about the housing racket. Yeah. You know, something kind of funny came up about some land that I bought. I talked it over with my wife, and we thought maybe it'd be a good idea if I came down here and talked it over with you. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, would you tell us what happened? Well, about a week ago, a guy called me up. He said his name was Miller, and he had a proposition that he thought I'd be interested. Oh, you're not kidding, brother. You know, since I got out of the Army about six months ago, my wife and myself and our two kids have been bunking in one room. Well, then, what I have in mind is it interests you. You see, I represent a large subdivision in Bunker Heights. Now, do you know where that is? Why, sure, that's just over the river. It's kind of nice up there. Oh, yes, yes, it is indeed. Fine place for children, too. Yeah. Well, we're selling building lots quite reasonably and erecting houses on them, only for veterans. Uh-huh. You see, we feel the men who fought for their country deserve a decent place to live at a price they can afford. Hey, that's wonderful, Mr. Miller. 
uh, look, uh, how much money are you getting for those lots? Well, we're selling nice big building plots for as low as $1,500. $1,500, That's huh? right. Well, that's, that's not bad. And what's more, we'll put up a nice little house for you for another $5,000. $6,500 for a house in a lot in Bunker Heights, huh? That's right. Well, gee, that's a bargain, Mr. Miller. But, uh, I'm afraid I haven't got that kind of money. Well, I understand. However, we prepare to take a mortgage for half the price, Mr. Duncan. You will? Let's see, then. That that means that I'd only need uh, $3,250 in cash. That's right. Now, if you can raise that much, we can close the deal, start building next month. Oh, boy. Wait till Nancy hears about this. Of course, the land is going pretty fast. So if you're interested, you better get out here as soon as you can. Oh. Well, uh, look, I can come out on Saturday afternoon. How's that? Well, that's fine. Fine. I'll be looking for you. Goodbye, Mr. Duggan. So, last Saturday, Mr. Kent, my wife and I hustled out there to Bunker Heights. We met this fellow, Miller. Seemed like a nice sort of guy. He showed us around. Well, we picked out a nice lot and made some plans for our house, and gosh, we thought we were all set. Of course you did. Tell me, Mr. Duncan, did you give him a deposit? And how? Fifteen hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred bucks? Quiet, Jim. Go on, Mr. Duncan, then what happened? Well, like I said, my wife and I thought we were all set with our own little home by now, and boy, we were really happy. But last night, I ran into an old pal of mine. I told him about my deal, and he looked surprised. He lives over near Bunker Heights, and he says that that land always belonged to some rich old codger who lives in California and who always refused to sell any part of it. Well, maybe he changed his mind. Well, I... Investigate, Mr. Duncan? No, not yet. You see, this only happened last night. No, no, I I don't know how to go about it. So when I read your stories in the planet about this housing racket, I thought maybe I'd better come to you. Well, we'll be glad to look into it for you. What name appears in your receipt? I mean, who is the seller of the land? The Bunker Heights Realty Corporation. Okay, we'll go right over to the county clerk's office and check this at once. You stay here, Jim, in case there are any more calls. Come on, Mr. Duncan. This may be the clue I'm looking for. Bunker Heights, here we are. Who is registered as the owner, Mr. Clerk? Let's see. Well, here's the name. James E. Mitchell. Residence, Pasadena, California. Well, that's the name of, that my friend mentioned, Mr. Kennedy. Gosh, it looks like I was chipped. Yes, but it looks as if I found a clue to Perry White at last. Come on, Art. You and I are going out to see Mr. Miller. And fast. As Claude Kent and Art Duncan are en route to Bunker Heights in Kent's car, Mr. Miller, the man Kent believes can lead him to Perry White, is just answering the telephone in his tiny, brightly painted real estate office. Bunker Heights Realty Corporation, Frank Miller speaking. Look, Miller, this is Brock Nielsen. Oh, yes, Mr. Nielsen. Hey, listen, I got a couple of hot new prospects. Hey, Brad, and listen, will you? Now, get this. I want you to take all your papers and get out at once. You mean scram? That's right. And don't lose any time. I just got word that the police are checking on all unknown real estate offices around Metropolis. Uh-oh. Now, we'll lay low till the heat is off. A couple of days when the cops draw a blank and the Daily Planet lays us off, well, we'll go to work again. Well, how about the planet? I thought you were going to take care of them. Don't worry. I am taking care of them. Now, close up and beat it. Don't waste any more time. Okay, Mr. Nielsen. I'll blow fast. So long. <laughs> Placing the telephone, Frank Miller quickly scoops some papers from his desk into a large envelope. Dons his hat and coat and steps out of his office, locking the door behind him. Does this mean that Clark Kent has lost his one clue to Perry White? If so, what will he do now? We'll learn more in tomorrow's exciting episode. So be sure to tune in. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Behold! 
process. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep, P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, while Perry White's life hangs by the thinnest of threads, even Superman is caught in an amazing chain of circumstances. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan Cullough. Say, here's something I noticed about that new series of comic buttons you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Uh, maybe you've noticed it, too, how so many of those funny paper characters look so doggone happy. Yes, sir. Notice that big, wide smile on Casper, and Barney Google, too, and Chief Brandon, and Superman, of course. Why, even BZ and Goofy from Harold Teen are, are grinning like anything. And these characters are straight from the comic strip, you know. They look mighty keen when you wear them on your jacket or your dresser cap. And you'll want the fun of collecting all 18 pet comic buttons in this new series and trading duplicates with your pals. So remind Mom to keep you supplied with plenty of Kellogg's Pets because that's the only way you can get these exciting prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but there's a comic button inside every package of Pets. That's Kellogg's Pets, the sunshine cereal. Pets, the good whole wheat flakes with the extra vitamin B1 to help give you energy for the day and sunshine vitamin D to help build strong bones and teeth. Mom knows Pep is good for you. And everybody knows how good it tastes at breakfast. So ask Mom for lots of P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now the adventures of Superman. Abducted when he refused to be intimidated by a gang of racketeers who warned him to stop exposing their housing racket in the Daily Planet, Editor Perry White seems to have vanished from the earth until Art Duncan, a young war veteran who suspected that he had been swindled by the racketeers, came to Clark Kent's office with a clue that took them to Bunker Heights, where Duncan had purchased a home site from a man named Miller. But meanwhile, Miller received a phone call from Brock Nielsen, leader of the swindlers, who ordered him to close his office at once and lie low. As we continue now, Kent and the young G.I. have arrived at Miller's little real estate office, which stands on an open field near the junction of two highways. Listen. Well, this Miller got away, Art. Door's locked and the office is empty. Maybe just went out for a while, Mr. Kent. No, I don't think so. Look, you can see through the glass in the door. 
drawers of the desk are pulled out and they're empty. Not a scrap of paper left. Yeah. Looks as if our bird flew the coop. And with my 1500 bucks, that dirty chiseler... Uh, that isn't the worst of it. I was counting on Miller to lead me to Perry White. And now... Uh-oh, look. What? There's a cigarette stub still burning in the ashtray. That means Miller can't have left very long ago. Come on, Art. Where to? To that gas station there at the corner. Somebody there might have seen Miller. Come on, hop into the car. <laughs> I know Mr. Miller was in his office a short time ago. I just wonder if you saw him leave. Why, yes. He stopped in here just a few minutes ago. Oh? Picked up a tire I'd repaired for him. He did, eh? Well, did he happen to say where he was going? Oh, he didn't. Uh-huh. Do you recall which way he went? I see. Yeah, he turned north at number 37 toward Metropolis. Oh, swell. Now, uh, one more question. What kind of a car is he driving? Brand new Chevy Coupe. Thanks very much. So long. For a new Chevy Coupe, Art. Miller can't be far ahead. Yeah, I guess not. Unless he turned off on some side road, Mr. Kent. No, we passed only two side roads, and he didn't turn into either of them. Hey, wait a minute. Hmm? We passed them at 50 miles an hour. How did you see that? Uh, oh, uh, well, I've got pretty sharp eyes. Oh. Look sharp, Art. There's a new Chevy Coupe up ahead. Where? There. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now I see it. I can't tell who's driving it yet, though. Well, I'll give him a horn and start to pass. You take a good look and tell me if it's Miller. Boy, I sure hope it is that rat. Well, keep your eyes open. Here we go. All set. Pulling over to let you pass now. Uh-huh. There. How about it, Art? Yeah. Yeah, that's Miller, all right. Come okay, on. Okay, sit tight. I'm going to crowd him to the side of the road. Just pull in front of him and force him to stop. Watch it, Mr. Kent. Don't worry. He's pulling over. Okay. Yeah, we got him blocked. Come on, Art. Hey, what you... What's the idea? Crowd me off the road. Let's let hear you, sir. Easy, easy. Let me handle this, Art. Uh, so sorry, Mr. Miller, but we missed you at your office, and we just had to see you. Oh, yeah? Well, who are you? My name is Clark Kent. I believe you and Mr. Duncan have met. I'll say we have. Oh, uh, why, well, why, yes. You were at my office the other day, weren't you? Yeah, sure was. I left 1500 bucks and cold cash with you. You remember that? Oh, of course I remember now, but I'm sorry, gentlemen. I'm in a great hurry. I have a very important appointment in Metropolis. They call me up. I'm sorry, Mr. Miller, but I'm afraid your appointment will have to wait a while. Get in beside him from the other door, Art. Okay, Mr. Kent. Now, just a minute. I'll get in from this side. Move over, please, Mr. Miller. We'll see how you like being in the middle for a change. Oh, so that's it. Why, you... Look out, Mr. Kent. He's got a gun. Let go. Just... Let go. He won't have it long. Let go, Miller. No, no. I... Ow. Ow, you're breaking my wrist. I'm no, sorry no, again. Better? Here, take care of his gun for him, Art. I'll take care of it, all right. Now, then, I'll listen, you guys. No, you listen, Miller. Where's Perry White? Who? Perry White, the editor of the Daily Planet. I don't know. I never heard of him. Why, you guys are making a mistake. Yeah? How about that lot you sold me last Saturday? And what about it? Is that a mistake, too? Well, what do you mean? You don't own it. That's what I mean. Of course I do. I mean, the corporation I work for does. Bunker Heights Realty Corporation. Don't lie, Miller. We've already checked on that land, and we know it's owned by a man named Mitchell who lives in California. Your phony corporation never owned it. Why, that's a lie. Yeah, well, listen to me. Just a minute, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Look, Miller. Yes, now, we've got you dead to rights, and you can save yourself a lot of grief by talking and talking fast. Why? Mr. White's life is in danger, so tell us where I we can find... I I never heard of any Mr. White. I'm a respectable real estate salesman. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Respectable real estate salesman, yeah. huh? Listen, Miller, the, the police want you for grand larceny. If I take you to them, they'll make you talk. Nobody wants me for any grand larceny or anything else. You're making a mistake, I tell you. We're not making any mistakes. 
You and your pals swindled hundreds of veterans out of their savings. Oh, why not? Just as you swindled Art Duncan here by selling them land and even houses you never owned, then closing up the office before they discovered they'd been swindled and opening up in another location. Now, look, you've got me wrong. I Not only that, but when a detective almost caught up with you, you shot him down in cold blood. Me? I... And when a war veteran discovered he'd been fleeced and started for police headquarters, you shot him down. I didn't do any such thing. Also, why? you tried to dynamite the Daily Planet because we were warning prospective victims away from you. And when that didn't work, you abducted Perry White. For all I know, you may even have killed him, too. Jeepers, I didn't know all I, that. I didn't, I did it. You got me wrong, Mr. Kemp. I insist. I'm a respectable businessman. I don't know anything You're about... You're a thief and a murderer. No, no, I'm... You're wanted for grand larceny, murder, assault with intent to kill, and now a... No, 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 no. Get no. that chair, you rat, you deserve... Uh, honest, Mr. Kemp, I didn't do anything like that. Uh, I just sold lots like Mr. Nielsen told me. Nielsen? Who's he? Why... I didn't say. I, I don't know. Come on, Miller. Come on. Talk fast. It's your only chance to help square yourself with the law. Who is Nielsen? Why, he, he'll kill me if I talk. I'll see that you're protected. But you're done for if Perry White dies, too. So talk now. Who's Nielsen? Well, Brock Nielsen. He runs the works. And he's the man I want. Where is he? Well, his office is in his apartment. 713 Fargo Road, Metropolis. If he knows I squeal... 713 Mr. Fargo Road. Okay, Art, we'll drop Miller at the local jail. Then I'll call on Mr. Brock Nielsen alone. Let's go. Driving into a nearby village, Clark Kent leaves Frank Miller and Art Duncan with the sheriff. Then, secretly resuming his identity of Superman, he streaks to 713 Fargo Street in Metropolis, where, once more in his guise of Clark Kent, he speaks to the doorman. You say Mr. Nielsen went out? Yes, sir, but he said he'd be back shortly. Would you care to wait in the lobby? Uh, no, thanks. No, I'll be seeing him later. Uh, by the way, what number is his apartment? Uh, 10C. 10C. All right, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Walking around the fashionable apartment building, Clark Kent steps into an airway, swiftly resumes his identity of Superman, and zooms upward to a tenth floor window ledge. There, he opens a window, steps into Brock Nielsen's apartment, and seats himself in a chair to await the racketeer boss. What will happen now? While Superman awaits Brock Nielsen in the latter's apartment, the racketeer boss, together with Brownie, his henchman, are in a nearby cafeteria smoking cigars over their coffee. What time is it now, Brownie? Uh, five minutes to 11. The Daily Planet goes to press at 11. Right. That's right, Mr. Nielsen. Think they'll run another big story about it? I don't know. I told Clark Kent if they do, it'll be the end of Perry White. What did he say? He didn't say one way or the other. Uh-huh. Suppose the planet does run the story. Do we really rub out White? Yes, Brownie, we do. Do we see that Kent finds the body with a note on it saying that unless they stop blasting us, somebody else on the paper gets to work? That's pretty dangerous, isn't it? Don't worry. We can handle it. The planet must be stopped before they ruin our record all over the country. Yeah, I know, but... Relax, Brownie. Just leave it to me. In half an hour, we'll know if the planet pulled in their horns. If they didn't, goodbye, Perry White. Assistant editor Bill Burroughs is speaking on the telephone to John Grayson, publisher of the paper. You see, Mr. Grayson, Kent's in charge when Mr. White's gone. And he didn't tell me whether to run this racketeer story or not before he left. He didn't, eh? No. And we go to press in five minutes. Story's already set up and in the presses, but you know those racketeers have been threatening us. We can't threaten the Daily Planet, Burroughs. Run the story. Okay, sir. I didn't want to take the responsibility myself, but if you say so. I do say so. No criminals can tell us what to do. Our duties to the public. Run the story. Right, sir. Goodbye. Goodbye. McKay, this is Burroughs. That racket-busting story goes. 
Control the presses. Unaware that he is signing Perry White's death warrant, Bill Burroughs ordered the Daily Planet presses to start rolling. What will happen now as Superman waits in Brock Nielsen's apartment for the racketeer boss? Nielsen waits in a nearby cafeteria for the planet to come off the presses. Tomorrow brings a thrilling, smashing climax. So be sure to be with us. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Superman sits helplessly by, ten suspenseful minutes are left, in which the fate of editor Perry White is to be sealed. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Say, gang, today I won't be talking to you about Kellogg's Pet, because it's Christmas Day. Instead, uh, let's talk about what makes Christmas one of the best days in the whole year. Well, first of all, it's a day when lots of dreams come true. When that very special gift that you've been wanting so deeply more than lives up to your hopes. It's a day when you give a happy thought to others. And when the gifts you give warm someone's heart. Thus, Christmas and its kindly customs have lived for many, many centuries. It's a day of joy and of cheerfulness. A day that you look forward to and plan for. And a day that you remember ever after. So, gang, today, the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek is wishing you the very happiest Christmas of all. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, the Daily Planet has been exposing a huge housing racket in which war veterans are the principal victims. But the racketeers, determined to prevent the newspaper from ruining their profitable game, abducted editor Perry White and warned Clark Kent that unless the planet stopped exposing them, White would never be seen again. A tip from a war veteran enabled Kent to capture a member of the gang who revealed the address of Brock Nielsen, the ringleader. Then, as Superman, Kent streaked to Nielsen's apartment, where he is now waiting for the racketeer to arrive. Meanwhile, unable to consult Kent, assistant editor Burroughs gave the order to run a page one story on the housing racket, unaware that by so doing, he was endangering White's life. As we continue now, Brock Nielsen, accompanied by Brownie, a henchman, saunters out of the cafeteria into the street near his apartment. Listen. Hey, what are the church bells ringing for, Brownie? Well, it's Christmas, Mr. Nielsen, don't you know? Oh. Well, come on, Brownie. There's a new stand at the corner. 
I want to get the Daily Planet as soon as it comes out. What's your guess, Mr. Nielsen? There'll be another story in it about our rack? All I can say is that if there is, it'll be curtains for Perry White. Well, what if... And if that doesn't make the planet lay off us, somebody else up there will be next. I guess you know what you're doing, boss, but the planet's a big paper. It's got influence. That's exactly why we've got to shut it up. You know that if we don't, they'll not only spoil our juicy racket in Metropolis, but in the other cities we haven't hit yet. I guess you're right. You but... bet I'm right. Uh, the Daily Planet here yet, kid? Not yet, mister. It comes out usually at noon. Yeah. 20 minutes to wait. Oh, it's cold to wait outside. Let's go back to your apartment. No, I'd rather wait for the planet. Because the boys at the warehouse are standing by for me to tell them what to do about wait. Come on. I'm waiting at the cigar store over there. Okay. <laughs> Look at that poor sucker freezing in the Santa Claus suit. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, boss. Nuts. <laughs> You think we ought to call up the warehouse and wish Perry White a merry Christmas? Don't be merry for him if his newspaper blasts us again today. I can promise you that, Brownie. As the two racketeers wait impatiently for the Daily Planet to come off the presses, Superman waits for Brock Nielsen to come home. Alone in Nielsen's apartment, a tall figure in blue costume and red cape stands at a window and gazes down somberly on gay Christmas throngs carrying brightly wrapped parcels. Immediately below him, the snow-covered park at their backs, a group of youthful carolers lift their voices in song. This should be the season of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Yet Perry White is a prisoner somewhere, in great danger. Yes, and all over the world, men, women, and children, as good and well-meaning as is Mr. White, suffer poverty, indignity, and privation, and concentration camps. All because of the selfishness and greed of others. Or because the Lord saw fit to give them a different color skin or place them in a minority race. Or simply because they choose to worship him in a different church from that of their oppressors. Love thy neighbor, our Lord said. Do unto thy neighbor as you would have him do unto you. But so many people overlook that. Yes, it would be a good world if all those who profess to worship God really did his bidding. But too many make a mockery of God's grace. Steal from and cheat and persecute their brothers. Like this thieving Brock Nielsen I'm waiting for. I've got to teach him a lesson in the Christmas spirit and see to it that he doesn't cheat Mr. White and Jim and Lois and Poco and a lot of homeless ex-GIs out of a happy Christmas. Tie that radio off, Eddie. Oh, no. It ain't so lonesome with it on. Lonesome? Yeah. But just you and me and that old goat white in this big warehouse, I get lonesome, Joe. Oh, ain't that too bad. Let's switch over one other space if you have to have it on. Why? I don't like that music, that's why. Well, it's nice music. So you know what this one they're playing now is? I know what it is, and I don't like it. All I've been hearing is he's dreaming about a white Christmas and then Christmas carols. Well, why not? It's Christmas, ain't it? Yeah, some Christmas. Cooped up in his cold, drafty warehouse watching this guy white. I could be out having some fun. Yeah, that's right. Say, uh, when's Nielsen gonna tell us what to do with this palooka? I don't know. Brownie said we'd probably get a call pretty soon. Oh. You think he's gonna tell us to finish him? And the way I get it from Brownie depends on what comes out in White's paper, the Daily Planet. Oh, what do you mean? Well, the planet's been running big stories about Nielsen's racket, see? Telling the public not to pay down any dough for lots and houses till they make sure the guys what's selling the lots really own them, see? Oh. Well, if all the war vets and the other suckers start doing that, 
Nielsen will be out of business, see? Oh. Well, uh, me, I, uh... I hope Nielsen don't tell us to do anything to White. Why? Why do you care? On the counter... Well, on the counter, it's Christmas. What's that got to do with it? Oh, well, I feel funny about pulling any rough stuff on Christmas. When I hear carols and see the Santa Clauses on the street, I get to remembering when I was a kid. Oh. You know what, Joe? When I was a kid and my mother and father was living, I used to go to church with them on Christmas. I'll bet you're out the collection plate. Never on Christmas. I never liked to fool nothing then. Why, that's why I hope Nielsen don't tell us to do nothing to white today. It ain't a sortie. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am kind of a softie on Christmas Day. Yeah, better not be any softie at the boss gives at the office today. Not if you want to keep eating, like you keep your health, too. Yeah, guess you're right, Joe. You guess? Just try crossing the and see what you get. You remember what happened to Louie, don't you? Hey, hey, what's that? Relax, it's just that little playmate white over there, kicking at the floor. Oh, listen, maybe we ought to take the gag out of his mouth, huh? Nah, nah, he might start yelling like he's done before. Well, who's going to hear him around here? There ain't even anybody in the streets in this neighborhood today. Just the same, we ain't taking any chances. Nielsen says, watch this guy till I tell you what to do with him. And that is just what we're going to do. Okay, yo. Turn that radio off, Eddie. Okay. I hope that's Nielsen. I want to get out of here. Hello? Yeah, who's this? This is Brock Nielsen. The boy, Teddy. Uh, yeah, Mr. Nielsen, uh, what's a good word? Get this and get it straight, Joe. I want you and Eddie to be ready to make a quick getaway, you understand? Yeah, when? Well, take your watch. In a few minutes, it'll be noon, and the Daily Planet will be out then. Now, if a certain story is in it, Brownie will come to the warehouse in the car and give you four long blasts on the horn. When you hear that, take care of Perry White and make your getaway with Brownie. You get it? Yeah, I get it. We wait for Brownie's four blasts on the car horn. Right. That'll be the signal for White's finish. Now, don't bungle. Don't worry, we won't. Okay. Good night. Come on, boys. I can't stand any more of that, Coco. I'm going to turn the radio off. Why, Jim, that was pretty... It's the Christmas ditty. I know, but I don't want to hear any more Christmas music while poor Mr. White is in the hands of those racketeers. Oh, well, I know. We only knew where he was and if he was all right. I can't stand the suspense. Well, neither can I. I just want to cry. I know what I'll do. I'll sing for you. No, no, please. So I don't want to hear any more music, Coco. It just makes me feel worse. Well, you'll feel better when you hear me play. It's my funny song to drive cares away. Oh, no. I know a girl whose name is Liz. Her friends all call her Lizzie. She took a ride on a merry-go-round, and now poor Lizzie's dizzy. Oh, no, didn't that song get us into enough trouble? Lizzie, she's really in a tizzy. Oh, Polko. She goes round and round and round and round oh, and round. Will you stop it, Polko? It makes me dizzy. Now, tell me, too. Don't you feel less blue? No, I don't. I feel terrible. Worried about Mr. White. I'm worried about Mr. Kent, too. He isn't at the office. He isn't at his apartment. He isn't here. I, I don't know where he is. I only hope nothing happened to him, too. Oh, don't worry, Sonny. Mr. Kent is no bunny. No, I, I know he isn't, but just the same... Oh, what's that? Oh, oh, Jim, please don't swoon. It's only the clock striking noon. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that means the Daily Planet will be on the newsstands now, and people will be sitting down to their Christmas dinners. Just noon to us, Pogo.
gladly Jimmy Olsen and Poco listen to the mantle clock chiming out noon of Christmas Day. Unaware that at this moment, Rock Nielsen and Brownie are purchasing a Daily Planet, on the first page of which is a feature story exposing their housing racket. A story that spells doom for Perry White. What will happen as Superman waits in Brock Nielsen's apartment for the return of the racketeer? Don't miss tomorrow's smashing climax of our story, fellows and girls. Tune in. Same time. Same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a transcribed, copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P, E, P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents The Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Superman matches wit with villainous racketeer Brock Nielsen as editor Perry White's very existence hangs on a thread. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, I bet you'd have a hard time if someone asked you to pick out your favorite comic button in this new series that now comes in packages of Kellogg's Pet. Maybe you'd say uh, Barney Google is the funniest with his big pug nose and his popping eyes and that silly-looking silk hat. And you'd like Brenda Starr because she's so good-looking. Of course, uh, maybe Superman would get the most votes because he's a doggone handsome with his red cape flying in the wind. Of course, no matter which is your favorite, you'll want to collect all 18 different buttons in this new series. you want the fun of trading duplicates with your pals, too. And you wouldn't miss the thrill of wearing pep comic buttons pinned on your jacket or dresser cap. So how about asking Mom to be sure to get you some Kellogg's Pep? That's the only way you can get these swell comic buttons, you know. You don't send in either money or a box stop. But inside every package of Kellogg's Pep you open, there's a nifty new comic button for your collection. And what else do you get from a package of pets? Mighty terrific eating, believe me, while a bowl of those whole wheat flakes for breakfast really starts your day off right. Gives you energy, vitamin B1, and good old sunshine, vitamin D. And is this a tasty way to take in all that good nourishment? I mean, pep's terrific. Yes, sir, you'll want lots of P, E, P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. When he defied warnings to stop exposing a vicious housing racket in the Daily Planet, Editor Perry White was abducted and taken to an old warehouse by order of Brock Nielsen, the leader of the racketeers, who then phoned Clark Kent and threatened that if the planet printed another story about his operations, White was doomed. 
Kent managed to learn Nielsen's address, and as Superman streaked from the racketeer's apartment. Nielsen, however, was out, and Superman had no other choice but to wait for him to return. Meanwhile, unaware of the latest developments, assistant editor Burroughs ordered another big story on the housing swindle to be published in the planet. And as we continue now, at a newsstand near his apartment, Nielsen and Brownie, a henchman, have purchased the noon edition of the Daily Planet, which has just arrived. Listen. Let's have a look at this paper, Browning. Does it have a story about us, Mr. Neal? Look at this. Right on the first page. Uh-oh. Racketeers, police, war veterans, and millions of dollars in huge housing swindle sell land and homes they do not own. How do you like that? I don't. I thought you told Clark Kent it would be the end of Perry White if the planner ran another story not about it. Over in the story. Okay, but I, I did tell that to Kent on the phone. But apparently he thought I was bluffing. Well... Were you? No, I wasn't. And Kent's going to find it out. Because we're going to take care of White and then tell Kent that if he won't be good, he or somebody else in his office will be next. That'll show him we mean business. But it's, it's awfully risky. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. Where's the car? Just around the corner. Okay. Now get this. I want you to get the car and drive to the warehouse where Joe and Eddie are holding White. Stop in the alley and blow the horn four times. Uh-huh. Four long blasts. Joe and Eddie will know what to do. Do you understand? You mean about White? Yes, yes. I told them that when they hear your horn, four long blasts, they were to give it to White and then come down to the alley. Now you pick them up, drive them across the river, and then come back to the apartment. I'll be waiting there for you. You got that? Yeah, but look, Mr. Nielsen... Whatever it is, skip it. Get going, Brownie. There's no time to waste. Okay, Mr. Nielsen. You're the boss. What the... Who? Who? I've been waiting a long time for you to come home, Mr. Nielsen. Who? Who are you? Let's just say I'm a friend of Perry White's. Perry White? Say, how did you get in my apartment? I... I flew it. Oh, wise guy, eh? Get up from that chair and let me have a good look at you. Gladly. And don't try anything. This gun in my hand is loaded. The gun won't help you. Oh, no? Stay where you are. What kind of a costume do you call that? Take a good look. Recognize me. Wait. It's Superman. That's right. Now, Mr. No, Nielsen, no, it's a trick. Don't move. Sorry, Mr. You Nielsen, can't be but... Superman. You're just... I am Superman. Now, let's get Don't out move, of here. I said. I'll shoot. Go ahead. Satisfied now? The, the bullets, they... They bounced right off you. Of course. You... You are Superman. Yes. And now that we've got that over, let's get down to cases. Where's Perry White? I... I don't know. Don't give me that. You're the man I talked to on the phone and Mr. White was with you. So talk now and talk fast. Where is he? Well, I'm waiting. Look, look, I'll, I'll make a deal with you. A deal? Yes. With me? Yes, yes. You've got me, all right. But you'll never find White unless I say so. Now, I'm willing to make a deal with you. Yes? You promise to let me go and I'll tell you where White is. Nothing doing. You're wanted for grand larceny, two murders, and now kidnapping. And the police will be glad to see you. But wait. Unless you deal with me, there won't be any Perry White. Really? You heard me. Everything's set for him to be finished in a few minutes unless I call it off. And I won't call it off unless you and I make a deal. Now, look, I hate to get rough, Nielsen. But since you say Mr. White has only a few minutes to live... That's right. I'll have to forget about turning you into the police to get the truth out of you. There isn't time for that now, so I'll have to get a quick confession out of you myself. Let go. What are you going to do? You'll find out. Up with this window. Now... Up and away! We're flying. Yes, we're five miles up, Nielsen. Getting cold? Yes, but, well, you can't scare me. We'll see about that. 
Are you going to tell me where Perry White is? No, no. If you turn me in, I'll get a light setting, so I won't talk unless you make a deal. Well, let me see. I think the Sky Roller Coaster will make you change your mind. Power! Having fun, Neil, sir? Look out! Ready to tell me where Mr. White is? No. You're no. a tough customer, but I think a drop through space will soften uh, you up. What, what do you mean? I mean I'm going to let you fall. No. No, no, I'll be killed. Are you ready to talk? No. No, no, wait. Okay, then. Here you go. Hold on. Stop. Help. Superman. I've got you, Nielsen. This time. Next time, I may not catch you on time. Now, are you ready to tell me where Mr. White is? No, no. No, no, I won't. Not going to let you. you. You promised to let me get away. Still stubborn, eh? Well, you won't stay stubborn long. Away! Hey, Joe. How long do you think we'll have to stay holed up in this warehouse with this old good Perry White? Huh, Joe? I told you what Nielsen said. For certain stories in an own edition of the Daily Planet, Nielsen's going to send Brownie over here in the car, see? He'll give the horn four long blasts, see? That means we give White the business and then scram with Brownie, see? Well, me, I, I hope the story ain't in the planet. Because I don't like no rough stuff, especially on Christmas. Ah, stop being a softy. Remember that Brock Nielsen is a boss, see? And what he says goes, see? Yeah, sure, sure, I know. But Shut I was up. I give you a pain in the neck. Hey. Hey, what's the matter with White? Okay, yes. Well, I don't think... care plenty, you, you hoodlums, unless you take these loads off me. Hey, he got the here. gag out of his mouth, Joe. Hey, I guess we'd better put it back. Now, look here. Oh, what for? He could yell his head off and nobody would hear him. Now, listen to me, you... Shut you. up, Grandpa. Grandpa? What, what for? Two Shut things, up, I... I'll smack you so hard you won't need a gag, see? No, you listen to me. You men are crazy if you think you can get away with this. Don't you know kidnapping is a capital offense in this state? <laughs> get him, Eddie. <laughs> a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll both flap out of the other side of your mouth when the police catch up with you for abducting a private citizen, the editor of a great newspaper. And, and if you do anything about finishing me, you'll... Well, say, if a certain story was in your newspaper today... We'll do more than just talking. Well, you... Hey, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you wouldn't dare. Uh, no. 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 No, no, no. no. Let me tell you something. I'll just wait and see. Hey, Joe. The car horn. Yeah, shut up. Listen. Is it Brownie? Yeah. Four blasts. That's him, all right. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. This is it. The end of the line for you. No, no, no. Wait a minute, Joe. Maybe we can Cut find it, Eddie. some... We can't wait to do. Come on. Rising to their feet, Joe and Eddie approach the helpless Perry White. What will happen? As Joe and Eddie in the warehouse with Perry White hear the four blasts of the car horn signaling the end for the gray-haired editor Perry White, Superman is high in the sky with Brock Nielsen, trying to force the racketeer leader to reveal where White is being held. As we join them now, miles up in the sky, Superman is saying... Hawk Nielsen and Hawk Fast. We're not going to let you fall again. No, no, no. Don't do it, Superman. Then tell me, where is Perry White? Come on, come on. Hawk Fast, or I'll let you fall. Perry. He's in the warehouse on Clinton Street. Where on Clinton Street? Number 72. 72 Clinton, eh? All right, then. But, but I'm afraid it's too late. What? My man Brownie must be there already. You'd better pray, Nielsen. Pray that it's not too late. Carrying with all the cowed racketeer leader, Superman rockets through the sky, bound for the warehouse on Clinton Street, where Joe has just said to Barry White, 
this is it, Grandpa. This is the end of the line for you. Will Superman, traveling with the speed of light, be in time to save the gray-haired editor who dared to defy a ruthless gang of racketeers? Tomorrow tells the story, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pet. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P-Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, as Superman rockets his way to Perry White's prison, the gray-haired editor bravely defies his miserable captors, despite the imminent death sentence hanging over him. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, I'm sure you've had lots of prizes, but I'll bet none of them ever gave you more fun than these nifty comic buttons in that new series that you're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pets. First off, it's exciting to see which button is inside every time Mom opens a package of pets. There were 18 new and different buttons in this new series, you know. Old funny paper favorites like Flash Gordon and uh, and Brenda Starr and Cindy and, and Spud from Winnie Winkle and the Little Moose and Goo- uh, Goofy and Beezy from Harold Teen and uh, Judy and Corky from Gasoline Alley and Superman, of course. And say, if you happen to get a duplicate, why, then it's even more fun to trade with your pals. And you still get a new button for your collection to wear with your others on your jacket or your dress or cap. So get busy, gang. Collect all 18 different buttons in this new series. You just ask Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pet. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Now, you can't buy these prizes anywhere, but you just look inside every package of Pep you open, and there's your new comic button. 
And Pep's a prize package for good eating at breakfast, too. Remember that? Crisp and tender and fresh as can be. And loaded with that catchy sunshine flavor. That's the Sunshine Cereal Gang. Ask Mom for P-E-P. Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. In an attempt to intimidate the Daily Planet, which was exposing a huge housing racket in which war veterans were being fleeced of their savings, the racketeers abducted editor Perry White. And when another story about them appeared in the newspaper, Brock Nielsen, the leader of the gang, ordered that White be executed. Meanwhile, Superman had succeeded in locating Nielsen and taking him high into the sky, forced him to reveal White's whereabouts. As we continue now, Superman is speaking to the warehouse in Metropolis where Perry White, his arms and legs bound, faces Nielsen's henchmen, Joe and Eddie, who are engaged in a hot argument. Finally, Joe points his revolver at Eddie. Listen. What are you pointing your eye at me for? Because Nelson said we'd get rid of this guy White, see? And that's just what we're going to do, see? Even if I have to let you have it. Uh, but, 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 Joe... Are you going to get out of the way of the way through you fight? Oh, but, Joe... Go on and move. Brownie's waiting in a car, and I don't want him telling Nielsen we'd fight the no, car. Now, listen to me, Joe, or whatever your name no, is. No, shut up, Grandpa. Well, you hope to, you... Well, Eddie, what's it going to be? I'm giving you just two seconds to step out of the way. One... Oh, oh okay, Joe. Uh, you, you win. Now you're getting smart. Come on out and wait in that car with Brownie. Sing some Christmas carols. I'll handle this alone. All right, Joe. Uh, you look here, you. This thing's gone far enough. Yeah, big grandpa, just say your prayers and make it fast. I'm warning you for the last time. You'll go to the chair for this. Thanks for the tip. I'll take that What's gun. you Superman. Oh, boy. Give me that gun, I tell uh, you. I'll give it to you. My Look out, Superman. What a waste of ammunition. Hey, what happened? Didn't you know I shed bullets? Now give me that gun. Ah, uh, you'll never get me to stand over my gun. Oh, man. I got him. Oh, yeah. You want to fight, eh? Yeah. Well, how's this for a right cross? Yeah. Oh. Uh, nice going, Superman. Thanks, Mr. White. Are you okay? Oh, sure. Sure, thanks to you. But there are two other thugs, one called Eddie and another one named Brownie, in the car in the alley. I see them. And the ringleader of the gang is named Brock Nielsen. Don't let him get away. Don't worry. I've already parked Nielsen where he'll be safe. I'll pick up Eddie and Brownie, and in a few seconds, I'll be back for you. Away! <laughs> Superman grabbed Eddie and Bromley just as they were getting away. Then he picked up Brock Nielsen, whom we'd parked on the Metropolis Bank Spire. On the Bank Spire? Yes. And then, Jim, he and I delivered all four racketeers to Inspector Hennessy. Wow. Boy, oh boy, what a Christmas package that was. And how. Especially after Nielsen revealed the names of his other accomplices. And now they're all in jail. And for further details, gentlemen, read the late edition of the Daily Planet today. Yeah, I did, but and I... And that goes for you, too, Kent. Yes, I know. Uh, I wrote the story, you know, and if I do say so, it's a humdinger. Oh, I'm sure it is, Chief. Hey, I don't like the way you said that. Sorry. Gosh, Mr. White, I'll bet you were relieved when Superman slammed into that warehouse. Well, it certainly made things a lot easier, Jim. Oh, brother, easier, he says. Of course, I uh, I had a trick or two up my sleeve, but I'll admit it would have been touch and go without Superman. Yeah, I'll bet it would. Now, between us, though, we uh, didn't have any trouble taking care of those hoodlums. Between you, eh? That's what I said, Kent. Any objections? Oh, no, no. I uh, I, I saw what happened, and I was... You saw it? Well, what huh? do you mean, Mr. Kent? How could you... Oh, think... uh, why... Boy, uh, you I weren't mean... anywhere near the warehouse. So, what do you mean, you saw it? Uh, well, uh, you, 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 were, uh, you, um, you, you described the scene so well, Chief, that I, I just feel as if I were there. Hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, listen, Mr. White, did the police get all the money back that Nielsen's gang gypped from the war veterans? Well, not all of it. Oh, that's too bad. But the important thing is, one of the biggest and dirtiest rackets in the history of Metropolis has broken up. With all the publicity we gave it, maybe people have learned to be more careful in the future before they give their hard-earned money to strangers. I certainly hope so. Look, are we going ahead with our racket-busting campaign, Chief? We certainly are. Until every last racketeer in Metropolis is behind bars. Now, our slogan is, stop, look, and investigate thoroughly before you do business with strangers. You get that, Olson? I don't get what? Get what? Haven't you been listening to me? Huh? Oh, sure, sure. 
It's just that I'm so hungry. Hungry? Uh-huh. I'm so worried about you. I haven't eaten a thing all day. Oh, say, come to think of it, I am pretty hungry myself. Uh, how about you, Kent? I could do with a bit of food. Okay. Uh, well, what do you want to eat? Oh, gee whiz, I don't know. Poco had such a wonderful Christmas dinner ready for us. He did? Uh-huh. Roast turkey and dressing, candied sweet potatoes, cranberries, mince pie. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I'm hungry enough as it is. Well, you just call a Poco and tell him we'll be right home. Okay. Uh, too bad Lois isn't back from the coast yet, isn't it, Chief? Yes, yes, it is. Well, we'll have to celebrate without her. Now, let's forget all about racket ears for the rest of the day and have a late but a very merry Christmas. A short time later, as our friends are sitting down to a late but nonetheless merry Christmas dinner, two men we have met before walk warily through the twilight on an almost deserted metropolis street. A light snow is falling, and the taller man, who is very thin, has the cheap fur collar of his tightly fitted coat turned up about his ears. His companion, a heavy-shouldered, flat-nosed man, slouches along at his side, wearily singing a familiar song. Froggy. She took a ride on a merry-go-round. Now, poor Stop it, Froggy. Didn't that stupid song get us into enough trouble? Yeah, it should be, Professor. And why do you keep singing it? I don't know. Because <laughs> it's kind of cute, I guess. Besides, the guy's got to do something to cheer himself up when he's scared like I am. Scared? What you scared about? Are you kidding? How many times must I tell you, Froggy, that the police on the planet have forgotten all about that uh, uh, phony song racket we ran? I don't believe it. And anyhow, I'm sure those guys on the Daily Planet still remember. Nonsense. They're too busy with this uh, big housing racket they're working on. I tell you, we're safer here than any place else in the country. Says you. Anyhow... I've got a special reason for coming back to Metropolis. Yeah? What's that, Professor? I'll tell you while we eat dinner. Not dinner. I ain't even got a half a buck in my pocket. Don't you worry about that. Ah, here's the place. What? You mean we're going to eat in this crummy little diner? Don't belittle this eatery, Froggy. It may turn out to be a gold mine for us. What? This dump of gold mine? What are you giving me? My friend, you're going to hear some very good news in this diner. Very good news indeed. Come inside, Froggy. <laughs> Followed by his grumbling henchman, Professor Blessing, the racketeer who swindled Coco, headed to White's Little Cook, and almost caused the deaths of Jimmy Olsen and Beanie Martin, enters the diner. What is he up to now? In a shabby little metropolis diner, Professor Blessing and Froggy, the two ex-song publishing racketeers, sit at one end of the counter, hungrily consuming hamburgers and coffee. At the other end of the counter, two seedy-looking individuals are being served by a fat, red-faced man in a soiled apron. It's from a battered little radio on a wooden shelf. Music blares forth, unheeded. Well, uh, the horses were not very kind to us, Froggy. Yeah, you can trade that again. But look, Professor, you said we came back to Metropolis and to this smelly hair's joint for a special reason. Yes, that's right. And we came back here to recoup our fortunes. Give me that again, in five-cent words. I said, Froggy, we came back to collect another wad of the uh, green stuff. Oh, yeah? How? We're the foolproof racket, one that can't miss. What kind of racket? I'll tell you about it as soon as uh, those customers leave and Max joins us. Who's Max? The man behind the counter. Oh, oh, he a pal of yours? Well, uh, not exactly. An acquaintance of long standing, let us say. Uh, between us, we're going to clean up a fortune, Froggy, and uh, in short order. Well, I ain't disputing you, understand? But I still feel better in some other time, Professor. Relax, relax. How can I relax when I keep thinking what happens if that Olsen kid or the other one, Beanie Martin, runs into us? We'll be in this suit. Uh, don't worry about them. They'll never see us. How do you know? They're on a daily planet, and if... Uh, be quiet, Froggy, be quiet. What's the matter? Nothing. Just that the, uh, the other customers have gone, and 
here comes Max to talk to us. Now you're going to hear all about a real money-making scheme, Froggy. So be quiet and just listen. Let me do all the talking. Smiling, Professor Blessing pushes back his plate and settles his ribbon eyeglasses on his sharp nose as the fat man in the soil apron approaches him. What new swindle is the cunning Professor hatching, and how will it involve Superman and his friends? All we can tell you now is that the return of Professor Blessing and Froggy spells plenty of trouble for Superman and our unsuspecting friends. Serious trouble, and it starts on Monday. So don't fail to be with us then. Be sure to tune in Monday. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F E N I X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, as Clark Kent resumes his daily chores at the planet, Professor Blessing and his henchman Froggy cook up another plot to defraud honest citizens of Metropolis. Hello there, gang. This is your pal, Dan McCullough. You know, uh, when you like somebody pretty well, you kind of like to have this picture around. And uh, that's one reason why those comic buttons in the new series from Packages of Kellogg's Pep are making such a hit with you fellows and girls. Because those comic strip characters are old friends. Sure, you've followed their adventures in the funny papers for a long, long time. So collecting these Pep comic buttons is bound to be mighty exciting. And are these pictures true to life? Chief Brandon looks a dignified and official, and a Goofy has that silly grin on his face, and Superman looks as if he's all ready to take off to the skies. Yes, sir, these 18 new and different pep comic buttons are really slick. You'll be proud to wear them pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap. So uh, don't let your pals get ahead of you. You get busy on your collection. Ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep. That's right. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these comic buttons anywhere. You just look for one inside every package of pep you open. 
And uh, look for some downright good eating at breakfast, too, because that's what Pep's famous for. Pep is called the Sunshine Cereal. It's loaded with a golden toasted sunshine flavor that really tickles your taste like anything. That's P-E-P, gang. The Sunshine Cereal. Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. While Superman was rescuing Terry White and breaking up the ring engaged in a huge housing racket, the self-styled Professor Blessing and Froggy, two other racketeers who had previously swindled thousands of amateur songwriters and who had almost caused the deaths of cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and copy boy Beanie Martin, slipped back into Metropolis unannounced. Without funds now, but still flashily dressed, the skeleton-thin, bald-headed professor led his burly henchman to a shabby little diner, saying, I've got an idea that'll soon have us rolling in money again, Froggy. And if Jim Olsen or anybody else gets in our way this time, they'll regret it. As we continue now in the diner, the proprietor, that red-faced man in a soiled apron, joins Professor Blessing and Froggy at the end of the stained chip counter. Listen. Hello, Max. Oh, hi, Professor. Long time no see. Well, uh, I, uh, I've been away on uh, business, Max. Not, uh, <laughs> doing a little stretch, eh? Certainly not, Max, certainly not. You know I rarely have any difficulties with the police. Yeah, you're clever, all right, Professor. Hey, uh, talking about cops, how about locking the door to this joint and pulling down the shade? I'm noisy. An excellent idea, Froggy. Uh, Max, I, uh, I have a proposition to make you. So if you don't mind closing up now and losing little business... What business? I don't make enough in this diner to keep the mice alive. Come on, then. Lock the door and pull a shake down. Okay. By the way, Max, would you mind turning off the radio? Okay. Ah, thank you. So, uh, business isn't so good, eh? It stinks. So did them handbrakes. Quiet, Froggy, quiet. to bite upon me for a long, forget it, because... Oh, no, 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 Max. (laughs) I don't want to borrow money from you. I want to help you make money. And incidentally, make a little for myself. And can we use it? Uh, let me get this straight. You want to help me make some money? Yes, yes, and I'm thinking of making you my partner, Max. Huh? Me? Your partner? Uh, yes. Or perhaps I should say I've decided to, decided to become your partner. Oh, that's different. Now, look, Professor, I ain't got enough dough to pay the rent, so if you... All right, it... all right, Max. But you have something worth a great deal of money. Yes? Yeah? That's news to me. What? That's diner. Are you kidding? Not at all, Max. I should say this diner was worth, well, uh, conservatively, $2,000. What? $2,000? Hey, no, look. That's even a little bit more, Max. Oh, and you're off your feed, Professor. Who give me two grand for a rundown joint like this? That's what I want to know. Plenty of... uh, (laughs) People, Max. Plenty of them. Yeah, well, look, I offered it to a couple of guys for 250 bucks. You know what? They left it. Of course. It's because you didn't go about it the right way. The only way I could sell this joint for even a hundred bucks would be to hit some guy on the head, take a hundred bucks out of his pocket, and stick a bill of sale in his head. And then run. Yeah, run like anything. I repeat, Matt, this little diner is worth at least $2,000. And I repeat, you're nuts. I hate to go along with Max. You stay out of this, Froggy. Okay, okay. Look, Max. You said you'd sell out for $250, right? Right. And I'll throw in the radio, which is the only thing in this joint that ain't broken. Will you give me all I can get over $500? Will I? And how? Very well. Now, uh, may I write on the back of this menu? Sure, sure. <laughs> Nobody comes in to read it except the fly. Excellent. Now, let me see. Ah, uh, yes. What's your writing, Professor? Quiet, Froggy, quiet. This diner is called the uh, Honey Bee? Yeah. I ought to change it to the Dead Bee. Hey, well, who's that? I don't know. Maybe. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Did they see us come in? We didn't pass any cops. Probably a customer. Sure, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah. It's going away. Boy. Better at least. Uh, be quiet now. 
I want to finish writing this ad. What ad? An ad for the newspapers announcing that your diner is for, uh, for sale. Great sacrifice because of ill health. I'm telling you, you're wasting your time, Professor. Nobody would buy this place. They take one look at it, they don't see no customers, they go home. Don't worry, Max, don't worry. They'll see plenty of customers. How will they when nobody comes in here? Now, just leave those little details to me. There we are. Now, I want you to take this ad down and place it in the Daily Planet. Hey, that's where those kids work, Jim Olsen and Beanie Martin. You know, if they ever see us again and yell copper, we'll go to the can for 20 years. Look, Froggy, this is a big city. There's no reason for them to see us. But they might. They work at the planet in the first... Nevertheless, the chances are in our favor. But if they should see us, well, we'll see that they don't get the chance to call the police. Now, Max, rush this ad down to the planet. I want it to appear in tomorrow's paper. Beginning right now, we're getting back into the money. And plenty of it. Two days later, as Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen returned to the Daily Planet, the phone rings in Kent's office. Hello? Mr. Kent? Yes, who's this? This is Dave Powers. Dave Powers? Yeah. You're the fellow who's running the racket-busting department on the Daily Planet, aren't you? Why, yes. What can well, I do what for What kind you? of a racket are you running? Me? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I answered an ad in your paper advertising a diner for sale. Yes? Well, I bought the diner for $2,000 in cash, and I got chipped. You did, eh? Yeah. I got taken by racketeers on account of believing in the ad in your paper. Well, now, look, and we can... And you're the guys who keep saying you want to break up the rackets. Oh, we do, Mr. Powers. And if you think you've been victimized, we'll do all... I it, brother. I know. Okay, we'll do all we can to help you. Where are you located? In this white elephant of a diner I bought. 212 West Harrison Street. It's called the Honeybee. The Honeybee? I'll be right down. You can give me all the details. I'll give them to you, all right. And to the police, too. Come on over. I'll be there in a few minutes. So long. Jim. Get your hat and coat. We're going places. Hurrying from the Daily Planet, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen set out for the Honey Bee Diner, which, as we know, was where we last saw Professor Blessing and Froggy. As we rejoin them, Clark, Kent, and Jimmy Olsen have arrived at the Honey Bee Diner. They've seated themselves at one end of the chipped and stained counter. At the other end, two husky men, their backs half-turned to our friends, sit quietly, occasionally sipping at their coffee. Behind the counter, a red-headed young man in a neat white apron fidgets nervously at the coffee urn. $2,000 for this joint, Mr. Kent? What he said, Jim. Wow. Was he stung? It looks like it. He said he bought it after seeing an ad in the planet, too. Uh-oh. That's not so good for us. Right. I want to know more about it. That must be Dave Powers, the man who called me up behind the counter. Why doesn't he come over here? I don't know. I'll call him. Say, up, uh, a waiter. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh-oh. There go the prophets. Powers seems very nervous. He sure does. Jumped a foot when he caught that cop. Look how he keeps biting his lip. Quiet, Jim. Here he comes. Yeah? What'll it be? You Dave Powers? That's right. I'm Clark Kent from the Daily Planet. You called... Oh, oh yes, sir. Oh. I, uh, I changed my mind, Mr. Kent. You what? Sorry, I... Sorry I bothered you. Huh? Hey, what is it? What do you mean, Mr. Powers? You, you said that heard you... me. I changed my mind. But look, we I'm came to... sorry I bothered you. I, I made a mistake. I, I'm busy now, so long. Oh, I don't get it. You call us up and said you... Quiet, gonna... Jim, quiet. I understand, Mr. Powers. You don't want to talk while those customers are here. Tell you what, you bring us some sandwiches, anything at all. We'll wait till they leave. I don't want you to wait. You don't? No, I I don't want to see you. And I can't serve you any food either. I'm, I'm all out of everything. So beat it, will you? Please. Oh, hold up. Now listen, Mr. Powell. Will you fellas stop taking up my time? I said I'm all out of food and I'm too busy to gab. So long. Now wait a Never minute. mind, Jim. Never mind. Come on. Where? Out. But I... Come on, I said. Okay. But I don't get it, Mr. Kent. Neither do I. 
Why did you... Jim, there's something strange going on in this diner. Why do you say that? Because Dave Powers is scared, terrified, absolutely petrified with fear. Why? Of what? I don't know. It's something I don't understand. And that I don't like. Puzzled and disturbed, Clark Kent looks back at the shabby little diner where Dave Powers has nervously returned to his coffee urn. And the two husky men continue to sit over their coffee at the end of the counter. What did Dave Powers have to tell Clark Kent? And why did he suddenly change his mind? We know that the cunning Professor Blessing and his henchman Froggy are involved in this mystery. But how? This is the beginning of a new and exciting story, fellows and girls. And Superman goes into action tomorrow in an amazing situation. So don't fail to be with us then. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. Same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap small buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. E-E-T, Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, Clark Kent's efforts to help save powers against the restaurant racketeer goes unheeded as the terrorized victim refuses to admit he is being pushed through the wall. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. Well, uh, New Year's Eve is the time when you sort of take stock of the past year and, and make plans for the new year. And uh, say, while you're about it, it's a good time to take stock of your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets and uh, make plans for getting some more. Because you don't want to miss out on the fun that all the fellows and girls are having with this new series of pet comic buttons. You want to be right in there pitching when they're swapping duplicates. And uh, say, I bet you'd kind of like to, to collect more buttons than the rest of the gang yourself, wouldn't you? You know, these bright colored buttons really show up when you wear them pinned on your jacket or your dress or your cap. And they're pictures of your favorite comic strip characters like uh, and Casper or, or Barney Google or Superman himself. Now, there were 18 new and different buttons in this new series. So remind Mom to keep you stocked up on Kellogg's Pets because that's the only way you can get these nifty prizes. You don't send in any money, not even a buck stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But every time you open a package of pets, there's your comic button inside. And there's some mighty swell eating, too, believe me. Kellogg's Pet is so crisp and fresh, so loaded with that catchy sunshine flavor that, well, you practically can't resist it. So ask Mom to get you plenty of P-E-P, the sunshine Cereal, Kellogg's Pep. And now, the adventures of Superman. Unknown to Superman and the police, Professor Blessing and Froggy, two racketeers who had fled Metropolis after almost causing the deaths of cub reporter Jimmy Olsen and copy boy Beanie Martin, have returned to the city and engaged in a new racket. Making a deal with the owner of a rundown, worthless little lunch wagon to sell it for $2,000, $1,500 of which was to go to himself. Professor Blessing placed an advertisement in the Daily Planet. Apparently, the ad bore fruit. For a few days later, Clark Kent received a phone call from a young man named Dave Powers, who said he was now certain that he'd been victimized by racketeers in the purchase of a lunch wagon. 
On the phone, Howard offered to give Kent all the details. But when Kent and Jimmy Olsen arrived at the little diner, Howard, clearly very nervous, said he had changed his mind. Then he practically ordered the two reporters from the premises. As we join them now, Kent and Jimmy, both very puzzled, still standing outside the diner. Figure it out, Mr. Kent. What do you mean, Jim? Well, first this fellow Dave Powers tells you to hustle down and get his story, but when we get here, he practically throws us out. Why? I don't know. But it's clear that Dave Powers is scared, Jim. Yeah. He's petrified with fear. That's why he wouldn't talk. But what's scaring him? That's what I don't know. But apparently something happened between the time he called us and our arrival. Come on, let's go. Where? Back to the office? Certainly not. Powers said he was victimized in a racket and the Daily Planet is conducting a racket-busting campaign, isn't it? Well, yeah, but... Also, Powers said he got into trouble because of an advertisement he read in the planet. Oh, it's... What a... advertisement? I'm not sure. From what he said, I gathered it. Uh-oh. Start walking. They're watching us. Who is it? Dave Powers and the two tough-looking customers in his lunch wagon. But I... No, no, no. Don't turn around, Jim. Keep walking to that drugstore across the street. I'm beginning to see a light. <laughs> Oh, a uh, cup of hot chocolate, I guess. How about you, Jim? Uh, malted milk for me, please. Strawberry. And with whipped cream if you have it. One chocolate, one strawberry malt. Mr. Kent, what did you mean before when you said you were beginning to see a light? So far, Jim, it's just an idea suggested by those two men. What two men? The ones in Dave Power's lunch wagon. You see, Jim, they were all through eating when we got there, just fiddling with their empty coffee cups. But they're still there. Oh, so what? It's cold outside. They're probably just killing a little time in the diner where it's warm. It could be, but I noticed something else peculiar about them. Something harder to explain. Yeah? What's that? They're both carrying guns. Well, they are? Uh-huh. Forty-five. Gosh, how do you know? Huh? Oh, I, I just happened to notice it. But how? I didn't notice it, and I passed right well, by. Well, no, never mind the details now, Jim. I tell you, they're carrying guns. They look tough, too. Yeah, I noticed that, all right. Look, maybe we ought to call the police. No, no, not yet. At least until we have more reason to suspect those men, because they may be watching us, or persons who have police permits to carry guns, for one reason or another. Maybe. But then, why is Dave Powers so scared? That's what we're going to find out. How? Can't find out by sitting here, and he won't tell us. So where are we? We'll try Powers again after those men leave the lunch wagon. I've got a hunch that if you get him alone, he'll talk. I don't know. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me. None to me either, so far. That young fellow is in trouble. Serious trouble. And besides, our paper is involved. So we're seeing this through, Jim. Now, just relax and sit tight for a while. Hey, uh, one hot chocolate and a strawberry mullet. We've been sitting in this drugstore over an hour now. What's going to be? Patience, Jim. Those two fellas are still in Powers' lunch wagon across the street. I know, but how much longer can they stay? Have they got a home to go to or a job? Maybe they're working at the job right now. And killing time in Dave Powers' diner? Uh-huh. But cheaper's what for? Maybe to make sure he doesn't tell us or anybody else about how he was taken for $2,000 by some swindling racket. Gee whiz, if you really think that's so, shouldn't we report this to Inspector Henders? No, we'll wait a little while longer. Oh. No. Come on, Jim. Where? What happened? Two men are leaving their lunch wagon. Oh, that's right. Come on, let's... Wait a minute. Don't go out yet. Stand here behind the door. Why? What are we waiting for? And to get out of sight. Oh. Hey, look, they're coming this way. Gosh, Mr. Kent, maybe... Relax, relax. They just had the car parked in front of this door. See, they're getting into it. Why, that's a relief. For a minute there, I thought we might be in for it. Don't worry. Nothing can happen to you when you're with me. Oh, no. I suppose bullets just bounce off you like off Superman, huh? Of course they do. I mean... What did you say, Jim? Say, what did you mean by that, Mr. Kent? By what? Do you know you just said bullets bounced off you like they do off Superman? What? I said that? Yeah, and this isn't the first time you said something like that and then caught yourself. Really? Gosh, Mr. Kent. Sometimes I think maybe you are... Oh, don't be silly, Jim. Well, Come on. And then drove away. 
Now, you and I are going to have another little talk with Dave Powers. And this time, we must find out what this is all about. Now, look, Mr. Powers, I know you're in trouble, and I want to help you. But first, you might I tell me... I told you I changed my mind, Mr. Kent. Oh. I made a mistake when I called you this afternoon. But look, but forget it and leave me alone, will you? All right, but just tell me this. Did those two men who just left here have anything to do with your sudden change of mind? Well, what do you mean? What two men? I oh, don't play dumb, Mr. Powers. You just know a minute, Jim. Let me handle it, please. There isn't anything to handle. I'm not in any trouble, I tell you. Everything's fine. Just dandy. But you don't forget I ever called you up and go back to your paper, will you, please? But you said our paper was partly responsible for your being swindled out of $2,000, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. But I made a mistake, I tell you. So will you please get out now and let me alone? Because if you don't, they might have... Who might what? Uh, nobody. Nothing. You mean the two men who were here might come back, don't you? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Mean that. Uh, who are you kidding? I'm not kidding. I... Look, Powers, I know you need help, and you need it badly. No, I don't. It's perfectly I... obvious that you're in fear of your life. Now, I assure you that the Daily Planet and the police department will protect you and help you out of whatever jam you're in if you'll only cooperate. No, no, I can't. I'll be a dead pigeon if I talk. Jesus, and those guys... I tell you, nothing will happen to you, Powers. Just tell me what... Holy smoke. Wait, Mr. Kent, look. They came back. Yeah, we came back. So you decided to forget our warning about talking to these newspaper guys, hey, Powers? No, no, I didn't. Oh, I... No, no, I was we just... We warned a... you, Powers. Oh, wait a minute. Shut up, you. The they got guns. I got this coming, Powers. Okay, Bobo. Let them happen. No, don't. Jim, hey, hit the floor. Shouting out to Jimmy Olsen and Dave Powers to fall to the floor, Clark Kent leaped forward as the pistols in the hands of the two gunmen blazed. A moment ago, two gunmen, believing that Dave Powers had exposed them to Clark Kent and Jim Olsen, fired point blank at the young Munswagon proprietor. But at the precise moment that their guns blazed, Kent, moving with the swiftness of light, leaped between them and their targets. A few seconds later, the door slammed behind them, and without pausing to make sure of their quarry, the gunmen dashed out, leaped into a waiting car, and roared off. Out of my way, Dave. No, wait, Mr. Kent. Let go of me. I've got Don't to go, Mr. Kent. They'll kill you, too. Don't be ridiculous. What do you mean they'll kill me, too? Huh? Who else got your pal, Olsen? Jim. Oh, no. Yeah. Go look on the floor behind the counter. That's impossible. They couldn't have shot him. I caught all the bullets. You what? I mean, I... Oh, skip it. Jim. Jim. Poor kid. He looks done for. No. No, it's heart beating. I've got to get him to a hospital. I'll call up for an ambulance. Oh, no, I can't wait for that. I'll get in there faster without one. Hey, what are you, Superman? Yes. Huh? Uh, 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 no, I, I mean, uh, uh, I'll grab a cab. Now, come on up I'll you, call you and come along with you. No, 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 you don't have to. But I feel responsible if I hadn't been for me. it wasn't your fault, Mr. Powers. But the best way for you to prevent this from happening to you or anyone else is to open up and tell everything you know. Okay, Mr. Ken, I'll talk. Okay. Now, you call Inspector Henderson at police headquarters and tell him what happened. Okay. And tell him I ask that he please do nothing until he hears from me. I'll be in touch with him as soon as I get him to a hospital. Right. But what about... Never mind. Lock the door after me and stay put here till I get back. I'm going to get whoever's responsible for doing this to Jim if it's the last thing I do. Dave Powers closes and locks the door behind him. Clark Kent, carrying the unconscious form of Jim Olsen, ducks out of sight behind the diner. In a flash, he stands revealed in his true identity as Superman. A moment later, up, up, and away! A streak of red and blue, the man of steel zooms up into the sky and rockets toward the Metropolis Hospital. What has happened to Jim Olsen? Can it be that Superman in his haste to save the life of Dave Powers overlooked one bullet which found its way to the young reporter? And what is behind the attempt on the life of the lunch wagon proprietor? The secret he refused to reveal until after the shooting. Tomorrow, New Year's Day, we will not be on the air. But on Thursday, day after New Year's, Superman goes into action in real earnest. So don't miss it. Remember to tune in again Thursday. Same time, same station. Until then, a happy New Year to you all. In the meantime, listen to the thrilling broadcast of two football classics, 
the Cotton Bowl game between Arkansas and Louisiana State, and the annual East-West All-Star Game, brought to you on this network beginning at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, New Year's Day. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pet, the sunshine cereal. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Kellogg's Pep. P-E-P Pep. Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal, presents the adventures of Superman. Today, Superman, after feeding the unconscious Jim Olsen to a hospital, convinces the badly scared Dave Powers to tell all he knows of the Metropolis restaurant racketeers. Hello there, gang. This is your pal Dan McCullough. You know, older folks often think that they have a corner on reminiscences, thinking back and remembering all the fun they've had. But I know a lot of fellows and girls who are reminiscing these days when they check over their collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Because every single one of these funny paper characters looks a doggone lifelike that, well, you keep right on chuckling over the things that they've done in the comic strips. Like the way Toots and Casper are getting mixed up in the funniest situations, or Barney Google looking so silly in his shiny derby hat, or Vitamin Flintheart and the way he coddles himself. Yes, sir, every single one of these 18 new a different pep comic buttons has a real story to tell. And they're so easy to get. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. They come only as prizes in packages of Kellogg's Pet. That's the sunshine cereal, famous for sunny golden toasted flavor. And famous for the vitamin D it gives you. It has the same effect as the vitamin the good old sun makes for you. That's why mom says pep is particularly good for you in the wintertime when sunny hours are shorter. Pep gives you additional vitamin D1 too. And energy vitamins, plus all that mighty swell eating, plus your prize in every package. All mighty good reasons to ask mom for P-E-P, the sunshine cereal, Kellogg's Pet. And now, the adventures of Superman. Claiming he had been swindled out of $2,000 after seeing an advertisement in the Daily Planet, young Dave Powers asked Clark Kent to come over to his lunch wagon diner and hear all the details. But when Kent arrived with Jimmy Olsen, Powers, obviously frightened, refused to talk. Waiting across the street until two rough-looking men had left the diner, Kent and Jimmy returned to question Powers. But suddenly, the rough-looking men reappeared and fired at Powers. Kent leaped into the line of fire, yet when the gunman raced away, Jimmy lay unconscious on the floor. As we continue now, Kent, having rushed Jimmy to the hospital at Superman, has returned to the shabby little lunch wagon to find Dave Powers and Police Inspector Henderson awaiting him. Listen. Well, look at how tired you got here, Kent. Oh, no, Inspector. Honey, I couldn't get away from the hospital until I was sure of Kent. How'd young old Mr. Kent? Well, I didn't have to stay in the hospital a while, Dave. Suffered a slight fracture of the skull. Uh-oh. A fractured skull? Uh-huh, and a little concussion. But he'll be all right. Now, listen, Wait a minute, Kent. How did this all happen to Jim? Oh, well, you see, he dove for the floor when the gunman opened up. Oh, he must have struck his head on the edge of this marble counter. Oh, that's too bad for it, kid. Oh. Well, look. Now, what's this all about? Well, all I can get out of powers here is that a couple of fellows came in and tried to shoot him. That's right. Yeah, and they would have got me, too, if Mr. Kent hadn't jumped in front of me. Jumped in front of me? Now, wait a minute. Right, Inspector. He jumped right into the path of the bullet. Oh, I can't no. understand how he's still alive. Hey, good. Oh, forget it, will you? Let's charge it up to luck and get down to Cape. Okay, okay. 
Now, start talking, Howard. Who were these men, and why did they want to kill you? I... I don't know. Now, wait a minute, Dave. You know very well those gunmen had a reason for wanting you out of the way. What's more, you know that when they find out you're still alive, they'll come back to finish the job. But, but certainly but... they'll try again. And unless you help us get them first, not only your life is in danger, but the lives of Ted and Jim Olsen, too. Sure. Have you thought of that? Well, how do you mean, Inspector? Ted and Jim saw the men and can identify them. That puts them on the spot, too. It does, huh? Sure it does. Jim is in a hospital now because he tried to help you, and it's only a miracle that Ted is still alive. Do you want something else to happen to them? No, of course not. Well, then start talking. Because I repeat that until we round up those gunmen, all three of you are in danger. Well, okay, if you put it that way, Inspector, I'll talk. Now, now we're getting someplace. Fire ahead. Start from the beginning, Dave. Okay, Mr. Kent. Well, you see, about a week ago, I noticed an ad in the Daily Planet under business opportunity. Yeah, it said, due to illness, we'll sacrifice Diana doing excellent business for $2,000 cash. You were looking for a business? Yeah. I'd always liked the idea of a lunch wagon since I'd worked in one once. So I talked it over with my wife, and we decided I ought to look into this ad. Uh-huh. So I wrote a letter to the box number given in the ad. Next day, a fellow called me up and made an appointment for me to come down and see his place. It was this owner? That's right, Inspector. Couldn't you see at that time that this place was run down and doing no business? Oh, no. How come? Well, wait till you hear. When I got down here, I could hardly push my way in. Is that so? Oh, that looked like the subway in rush hour with customers all over the place fighting for a place to sit down. What? That's right, Mr. Kent. It took me about 20 minutes to get to a stool at the counter. Another 10 minutes until I was noticed by one of the three counterman. Finally, one of them, a tall, skinny, bald headed Are you the proprietor? I'm one of them. Why? Oh, my name is Dave Powers. Was it you I talked to on the phone about buying this place? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, but I uh, can't talk to you right now, Miss Powers. You can see how busy we are. Yeah, sure. Looks like you're doing great. Are you always busy like this? Oh, yes, always. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Six days a week. Keepers. Uh, listen, Mr. Whitman. Hey, wait up. How about my lunch? Uh, coming. You can see how it is, Mr. Powers. I've got to tend to the customers now. Well, look, when can I talk to you and your partner? Well, the lunch rush will be over in about an hour. Can you wait until then? Sure, sure. I'll wait. This place looks like a gold mine if I ever saw one. Of course. And you couldn't have driven me away. No, I hung around for an hour while the customers kept pouring in and the cash register was ringing like mad. What a come on. Yeah. And I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. But the fat guy, who turned out to be the main partner, said he wanted to sell out only because he was sick from all the hard work of breaking in the money and had to go to Florida. Oh, brother. And the skinny guy said he was worn out, too. So I plunked down the 2000 bucks that had taken me five years to save... My wife and I worked all night cleaning up the place. She even made those little curtains for the window. The next day, we woke up and found out we'd been stung, but good. I think I can guess now. Just wait, Kent. Go on, Powers. Tell us how you knew you were stung. Easy. Because there weren't any customers the next day. Oh. So I thought. Or the day after that or the day after that. No customers at all, huh? Practically none, Inspector. Uh Uh-huh. My wife and I sat around wondering what had happened. Then last night, a bum dropped in for a handout. I remember seeing him around the day I bought the place, so I kept him talking. I finally got the story out of him. Just what did he tell you? That those dirty crooks who sold me this place had recruited all the bums for miles around. Mm-hmm. Told them they could get all the food they could eat free the day they were expecting me. Yeah, how do you like that? Naturally, they thronged in, and I thought the place was big business. Naturally, but you should have checked on the owners and the place before buying. Sure I should have, but I was too anxious. They told me other fellas wanted to buy the place. Well, why didn't you call the police as soon as you learned how you were taken? I was too sore, I guess. So I worked on that bum until he told me where I could find Max. He was one of the partners, the fat one. Yeah? And where was he? In a cheap rooming house on 12th Street. And this morning I hopped over there with blood in my eye. Max was there, all right, and I told him unless I got my $2,000 back, I was going to the Better Business Bureau, the police, the Daily Plant, Racket Buster, Busting Department, every place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what did he say? He told me to take it easy and he'd make everything right. Oh, sure. Said for me to go back to the lunch wagon, he'd get in touch with his partner and be over there in an hour with my money. He really seemed scared. Where, uh, where was his partner of his? I don't know. I couldn't get any information at all on him. Uh-huh. What happened then? Well, I went back to the diner and, still being kind of sore, I called the planet and talked to Mr. Kent. 
Pretty soon, two rough-looking guys came in. The ones who tried to shoot you just before? That's right. They said if I wanted to stay healthy, I wouldn't talk to the police or the Better Business Bureau or the Daily Planet or anybody else. Oh, that turned That's right when Jim and I came in, huh? That's right, Mr. Kent. And you know what happened after that. No. Now I'm still out my $2,000 and my good health. Maybe not. What did you say is the address of this Max's rooming house? I don't remember the number. It's on 12th Street, right near Chestnut. Okay, let's run over there. We may still be in time to grab those rats. Come on. Mr. Max Toomey living here, mister. Max Toomey? That's right. He moved out a couple of hours ago, Inspector. Uh, Uh-oh, I was afraid of that. Did he say where he was going? No, he didn't, Inspector. He said he was going away for a rest. A long rest. He didn't expect to come back to Metropolis. Well, I'm afraid this complicates things no end, Inspector. Let's go. Once it's made, Inspector Henderson, Clark, Kent, and Dave Powers leave the rooming house proprietor, knowing that the gunmen are still loose and the racketeer's gone with Dave's money. What will happen now? Early that evening in a small third-class hotel in Metropolis, the skeleton thin, bald-headed Professor Blessing rattled You fool, Foggy, you stupid, thick-headed fool. Why did you send those torpedoes to Dave Powers' lunch wagon? Why? Because I, I told you, Professor, Matt comes running over here, taking in his boots and yelling that our sucker, that Powers guy, was afterwards. He said he was going to call the cops unless he got his two grand Oh, back. what? Everything was done in Max's name. He owned the diner. He gave Powers a receipt for the money. You and I didn't have anything to worry about. But, but we... I mean, I mean, you, you got 1500 of the dough. Sure. I did, sure I did, but nobody knows that except Max. And he couldn't prove it, even if he wanted to try. Jeepers. I deliberately fixed it that way, you fool. So if anything happened, Max would take the rap, not us. Guys, you should have told me that, but I should have told you. I should have got rid of you long ago. That's what I should have done. Why didn't you wait for me to get back before you did anything? I don't know. Except I, I guess because Max said... We Why do you care what Max said? Now you've fixed us for good. Well, gee... Just when I had a steak and a new lunch wagon all lined up to buy for peanuts and palm off for a sweet profit. But now we're done for. We're accessories to an attempted murder. How are we? You sent your trigger-happy pals to the lunch wagon, didn't you? Well, well, yeah, but I... That makes us accessories, you fool. If we're caught and convicted, we'll get like... Oh, don't say that, Professor. Well, it's true. How many times have I told you never to use violence except when I say so? I know, but I guess I lost me head, Professor. What head? That lump on your neck is only a hat rack. You dumb idiot. All right, so I'm dumb. So what are we going to do now? Just wait for the cops to catch up to us? Well, there's only one thing to do in order to save our necks. Yeah? What's that? The one thing I've always feared clear of. Froggy, I'm afraid we've been forced to commit murder. His jaw dropping, Froggy stares at the self-styled Professor Blessing, the cunning racketeer who has just raged at his henchmen for using violence, but who now calmly announces that they must commit a murder. Who is the professor's intended victim? And how far will he get in the execution of his planned crime while Superman is still unaware of his connection with the diner racket? Tomorrow's exciting episode tells the story, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station. And remember, for breakfast, it's Kellogg's Pep. For excitement, the adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in the Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time by Kellogg's Pep, the sunshine cereal. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!